mean you can't run from an empty tank? Well, you could run. You couldn't drive from an empty tank. <laughs> With an empty tank, all you got to do is run. Right, exactly. It's like, that's one of meander down the road, like shoulders slumped forward. Like, oh, crap, where's the gas canister? <laughs> Hello, 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 and welcome to Well Shit. It really is that simple. I'm Claire. And I'm Serena. On this podcast, we help you to understand about your 12 universal needs, why they are currently not being well met, how to meet them in ways that work for you, and how to consistently do so in quick, easy, and simple ways that fit seamlessly into your life. We'll also help you to understand how doing so will have a positive ripple effect in literally every area of your life. If you like what you hear, come and join the conversation in our Facebook group. And enjoy the show. Hello, hello, hello. Hey, everyone. Today I'm really excited. Why are you excited? Because I'm wearing my special shirt. I thought you were going to say I'm wearing a shirt. (laughs) (laughs) That's not as exciting. I mean, it's not that much. I think I've managed to do every podcast in a shirt so far. Like, I think that, I mean, as I recall, I mean, unless you can remember differently. I mean, I think I've managed it every time so far. We have talked about. I was going to say, let us know on the YouTube channel if that's not true. (laughs) (laughs) You know, I don't have the bestest of memories. But since you are wearing a shirt, let's show the viewers what it looks like. I have. Oh, I'm miles away from my microphone now. So if you've on the video, you can see it right now. But it's like, it's basically well, what all the all the stretch like, the body like, stretches trying to all show the, the all the angles <laughs> to try and show you um, what's actually printed on it. So it's um it's a really cool picture. Which is sorry, I'm gonna jump back into the um I've got to come in closer now to the uh, microphone. <laughs> I was a million miles away from it in order to be able to stand up. Um, but yeah, it's basically a um, a tree that's also a person. So I, even, as soon as I saw this, I was like, oh, that looks like a universal needs tree person. I need that in my life. And it's funny because I've, I've had it for a little while now. And I put it on and Serena's like, I don't think I've ever seen you wear a shirt before. So it's, it's cute. It's a it's it's a, it's a little T-U-N, T-U-N shirt. So um, I'm happy about it. And for all of those inquiring minds that I know is like, well, what is Serena wearing? It's just a white tank A white top. shirt. <laughs> I'm the That's bland it. one. Just for today. Like very, very rarely is that ever the case. Like I, I expect at that point for you to like put a shower of glitter my way or something when you say that. Damn it. I always forget the glitter. You always forget the glitter. Well, well, there'll, be, there'll be a glitter episode. I wonder if we should do that during Fantasy Fest. May as well. We should, there's one there's going to be glitter everywhere anyway. Let's do a glitter glitter episode oh, during Fantasy Fest. Fantasy Fest is the best afterwards if it's not your house that you were getting prepared in. Mm-hmm. I will say that because it looks like unicorns. Doesn't matter whether, I mean, the first year it happened to be unicorns. Yes. Like we were literally unicorns. Dressed as unicorns. And we destroyed an apartment with glitter. Like they were finding it for months, months. and months and months. Yeah. But so now it, it is, it's like, just fantasy fest. You might as well just sprinkle glitter over your living room so you can get used to it because that's how it's going to look by the end anyway. Mm-hmm. Although there's no glitter and glow party this year. I'm gutted because that's my favorite one. Maybe we should create our own. Anyway, back to today. It's almost like we're procrastinating getting on with the topic today. <laughs> she says, as an 
poor attempt to try and segue between the <laughs> random conversation we had at the beginning and what we're actually talking about today. So this has actually come as, in response to a request from one of our listeners. Um, so that they were struggling a lot with procrastination. And could we do a podcast on that? The answer is yes. That's why we're here today. Um, and so there are there are kind of, I mean, procrastination is something that a lot of people experience. And there's a lot of assumption out there that procrastination is some kind of form of laziness. Like there's this, the, the two seem to be synonymous in people's minds. That's so like, oh, oh, I'm procrastinating that because I'm lazy. And I'm going to be honest with you, very, 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 very rarely is that ever the case. Is it very rarely? It's very, 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 I don't know how many I said. Very rare that that's ever the case. Oh, we're having a moment today. Stick with us. It may get better. It may not, but it may get better. It may get worse. Who the fuck knows? That's the surprise. That's the surprise. So when it comes to procrastination, there's this kind of synonymous link in our minds that, oh, well, procrastination means that we're lazy. But actually, that's often not the case. Normally, what's happening is that there is some kind of needs activity that is happening that is creating the, that is causing the procrastination. And there's normally kind of one of three main things. Uh, The first thing is that your needs are currently unmet. And so either you don't have the capacity to do the thing that you would, you're procrastinating on, or that it would actually, um, there are other, it would compromise your needs to do the thing because there's another need that's actually needing to be met in that moment in time. So it's like a lot of the time it's a capacity thing. It's like, I'm procrastinating this thing because what I really need now is rest, not to do this thing that I'm thinking that I should be doing right now. That's the first uh, example and the first reason. I think you should repeat that because a lot of people, myself included, like even sometimes in the present, I have to catch myself. It's like, Mm-hmm. It's not me procrastinating for any reason except for the fact my foundation function is like me. Take care of me, please. Mm-hmm. Yeah. A lot of the time it is just we need rest. And that's that's the most important need. And the thing about it is, is that when it comes to our unmet needs, because our needs are always at play, because we're always everything we do every second of every day is done to meet our needs. I think I've said that in pretty much every episode for the last <laughs> or six episodes. Because um, it's true. <laughs> and you will hear it plenty more times going forward. Uh, because of that, our needs are always up. And our needs are always, they're not met or unmet. They're all at different stages of being met. And what tends to happen is that, and we're going to do an episode on this coming up because some people teach that that there are kind of important needs or priority needs or the main needs that you have and that you have to focus on those and not on the other needs. Well, the reality is you can't just swap out the needs that are the biggest influence for you. The reason they're the biggest influence is because they're the most unmet. So if you try to compromise them to prioritize other needs, they're going to shout even louder because they're going to be even more unmet. And so this is the thing is that, that is that because our needs are always at play, in order to stop our need from being, what, 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 come and meet me, come meet me, 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 me. What you have to do is you have to meet that need. And when you meet that need effectively, it naturally bubbles down and another one bubbles up to the surface. Like that's how our needs work. And the thing about it is, is that if our need for rest is the one that's like, what, 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 me, 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 me. And we're trying to do something else. Anything else. Anything else. Point. 
Like it's going to get more intense. It's going to push harder and, 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 and get louder. And in not meeting that need and trying to do something else, we're going to compromise the need even further. So it's going to get even louder. So quite often it is just a question of, I don't have the capacity to do this thing that I'm doing because that's not my highest priority need right now. There is something else I need to be able to do the thing that I want to do. The second thing is that, um, oh, ice machine, ice machine. <laughs> Hello. Welcome to the party ice machine. Any other comments for the podcast? <laughs> Name um, that noise. Yes. Um, the other thing, uh, the next reason for procrastination tends to be a fear that doing the thing will compromise needs. Now, what I will say is that this is often a subconscious fear. What tends to happen is that we have this, um, this conscious desire to do something, but sometimes unconsciously or subconsciously, our subconscious mind is aware of other unmet needs or the, it's aware that by doing the thing that we want to do, because there's a part of us that wants to do it, that actually we risk compromising a different need or even the same needs. What is going on with the ice machine today? I don't know. I have no idea. Normally we never hear it on this, but apparently today's the day. Put it in its two cents. We've, we've got or a lot of ice, cubes. clearly. Yeah, <laughs> two cubes. So... We have this desire to meet this need, but the subconscious brain is aware of the fact that, hold on, if we do this, one of our other needs may be at risk, and that's going to pull us in the other direction. And that's why sometimes it doesn't make any sense. It's like, but I want to do the thing. Why am I not doing the thing? I don't get it. I want to do the thing. But that's because subconsciously, you don't want to do the thing because subconsciously, there's a fear that one or more of your other needs are going to get compromised by doing the thing. Um, then the third example is that, um, that, that there may be that there is another need that is pulling stronger in another direction. So a little bit, so the first one is really like we don't have capacity to meet the needs. The second thing is the fear that doing the thing will compromise our needs at a subconscious level. The third thing is, is that there's something else that we need more. That it may not be a foundation function need, it may be that it's a completely different need that is actually the thing that we need most in that point in time. And it doesn't matter how much we try and push this other need, it's going to pull us back from being able to do it. So let's give a couple of examples. So I said, a, a great example of the first one is if your needs are currently unmet, if, for example, you need rest, but there is a part of you that wants to, like we, we, we're wanting in the process, we want to get, um, uh, we want to get a little bit stronger. Maybe we want to go to the gym, um, but we don't have the energy to go to the gym, that may be causing our procrastination because there's a part of us going, I don't have the capacity to do this right now. But part of the brain's like, yeah, but I want to do this. And the, uh, the rest of the brain's going, I don't have it in me. I just don't have it in me. And more importantly, if I go and do the thing that I don't have the capacity to do, chances are I'm going to have even less capacity. So I'm going to have even less capacity to do the thing I want to do. Or I may actually injure myself, which may be, put me even further back from doing the thing that I want to do, i.e. going to the gym to get a little bit stronger. Well, also, I want to take a quick sure. note in, and put a quick note in that one. It, also, if let's say you push through it and you go to the gym, the chances of you actually doing at the gym what you wanted to do yeah. are slim to none because yeah. your foundation you function, don't have the capacity. you don't have the capacity. Right. And a lot of the times we push ourselves. Um, and I know that um, in the past, Serena's used the analogy of a, a gas tank or a petrol tank in the car. And it's like, okay, so we may be at the bottom of our gas tank or our petrol tank. Oh, we've got a little bit in the reserve tank, but then we are completely empty. We can't even get to the gas station to fill ourselves up. So, and actually think of how I, I used to, I used to do it all the time. It's like, oh, your tank's on empty. I got 20 more miles. But the anxiety 
anxiety that mm-hmm. came. And it's like, and I would do it. And I'd let it like barely rolling into a gas station. Yeah. But until I get to that gas station, from the moment I realize I'm mm-hmm. low on gas to that point, the other needs it's compromising right. underneath. And Along what I'm way. doing to myself internally, looking back at it, it's like, why would I put myself through that? Right. And I, I don't know whether this is actually true. So the audience members, feel free to correct me if you know I'm wrong. If you know I'm wrong, feel free to correct me too. Um, but I always I was always told that like you never want to go down to use the bottom of what's in your gas tank because it's any sediment is going to go to the bottom of the gas tank. So that sediment is then going to go through your engine. It's a little bit like this. If we're on running on empty, it's not going to do any of... like it, it doesn't work for us to be running on the fumes of the tank because to do so is going to compromise us in a bunch of different ways. Second example is the fear that doing the thing will compromise needs. So there's a, um, a there's a couple of examples that kind of come to mind with this. The first is um, from a um, sitcom called How I Met Your Mother. Um, and in it, there is a architect called Ted Mosby. And at one point in the process, he, I don't know whether he, he resigns from his job or he gets fired or something, and he decides he's going to start up his own architect firm. And he's doing it out of his apartment and he basically does everything possible not to do the thing he needs to do to actually start the business, like not to actually make the calls to see if he can get the clients to make his business viable. And there's a point in it, I don't remember exactly how he phrases it, but basically what he says is that he has this hope and this dream of running an architecture firm, running his own architecture firm. Now in that moment, that hope and dream is meeting needs of his. If he tries it, and it fails, that is no longer available to that. That hope of it someday happening is no longer available to him. So the needs that the hope was was meeting are no longer going to be met. So sometimes it's like, and as somebody who's run my own business, I know this as much as anybody. Um, it's like, if you try to do something and you, it's not a success, no longer is that a viable path for you. And that can be a real challenge because that path being available to you as a possibility could be meeting needs of yours. The other example that comes to me is um, is that the, the fear that some of my clients have sometimes when they come to me is that by doing the work, by doing understanding their needs, understanding how to meet their needs, to become more fulfilled and to have more nourishing lives, that they'll lose some of the close people that they have in their lives. I'm seeing big nods of the head coming from the other side of the screen. (laughs) That was one of my biggest, as I went into it, I was like, oh, (laughs) fuck. (laughs) Buckle up. (laughs) Yeah. But the reality is, is that the fear is that it will compromise needs. Yes and no. The thing about it is, remember, nuance, nuance, nuance when it comes to our needs. What we are afraid of is some of the relationships that we really like and we really appreciate, but are no longer serving us, will actually be removed from our lives and the other relationships will come in. But the thing is, because we don't know what those other relationships are, the focus is on losing the ones that aren't really serving us. And because a lot of us know that we've got relationships in our lives that really aren't very good for us. A lot of family dynamics play into that. Yeah, and long-term friends as well Mm -hmm. can kind of play into that. Workplace, like even your dedication to your your job, your company, your Mm. workplace, not even the people there. Right. 
that's that's a relationship right absolutely and the thing about it is is the fear is that we're going to lose this thing that we know but because we don't have a realization of the thing that we will gain we don't have an experience of what it feels like to have our needs fulfilled um Serena, I'm going to ask you, if you had a choice to do the work you've done and get the experience you've had of having your needs fulfilled with losing the people who you've lost from your life who weren't in alignment anymore, or the choice to not do the needs work to keep those people who aren't really serving you but not have the fulfillment, which would you go for? I mean, that absolutely would do the work. Yeah. Because those relationships that weren't serving, once I did the work, I was like, oh, I feel better. I don't have, I mean, everything... It's a sense of lightness, of the weight yeah. being lifted. Well, and it was also the realization, like, they were meeting my needs in this way. They were compromising my needs right. so much and in so many ways and in so many little ways. Sometimes it was, like, little things, but the compoundedness of little things, like, could be mm-hmm. mind-blowingly heavy and huge. But, I mean, there was a point where, and I will be completely honest, like, in relationship, in marriage, going through this work, it was so scary at times because yeah. I was like, oh God, like I'm finding out about myself. I'm finding out about my partner, you know, in like just the relationship, oh, the dynamic. relationship dynamics. Mm-hmm. And it's like, okay, well, if it's not serving me, if it's not working for me, it's probably not working for them. And luckily, it's, if it's not working for one, it is always not working for the other. It's never, it's never working for one and not for for another. If it's not working for one, it's not working really for either person. That's true of any relationship, anytime. So I had to jump. And in that's there. those absolutes are mm-hmm. those are absolutes. Yeah, absolutes. intentional absolutes. Yeah. Luckily. Um, that obviously didn't happen. Like I'm happily married, but there was the point where it was like my yeah. closest friends. I'm like, wow. Like And the thing is is that you the 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 fear in that moment is that you don't really know what the the needs work fulfillment will feel like because you've never had that experience before. So you're letting go of something that you're potentially letting go of something you know for something that you don't know yet. Mm-hmm. But when you experience that, it's like, oh God, yes, I want this. And if that's compromising this, then actually it is in alignment for me. And the thing about it is, is that yes, it's lighter. Yes, it's easier when you get to that point and you're still going to have feelings about it because if you've had a connection with somebody even if it doesn't serve you anymore there's going to be some feelings about that part that um that relationship completing in some way and that doesn't mean to say that those feelings are a bad thing that's just a natural part of completing relationships as we go through life i still have a lot of love Mm -hmm. uh, you know respect there are different emotions that i still have with people that are no longer in my life And that's okay. Like I can still, I can love without um, having somebody in my life. Yeah. You can love somebody without having any interaction with them. mm -hmm. Yeah. Or having them impact me consistently. And well, and the interesting thing is, is that the the focus in this example, I'm sorry, I've got a rogue hair that's tickling my arm every time I move. I'm like, I have to get rid of it now because otherwise it's going to annoy me for the rest <laughs> of the episode. Um, it's interesting how in this, because our unmet needs are such a driving force for us, we get so focused on how something might compromise our needs. We don't get focused on how it could support our needs. So looking at that exact same example, I know that you've shared that actually this is 
strengthened, saved and supported some of the closest, like mm-hmm. there are some relationships which have, have, have naturally completed and there are some which are better for you doing the work. My relationship with my husband yeah. as one of them. Yeah. And the funny thing is, is that because the unmet needs are a far bigger driving force than the potential of met needs, mainly because we don't know what met needs feels like. So we don't know how to connect to that being a driving force for something we want to do. Um, We focus on the fear of it not being met rather than actually starting to shift that and going, okay, how could this meet our needs? More importantly, how can we meet our own needs through the process so that the need we're afraid that won't be met by the people moving away will then be met by us because we'll know how to meet our own needs. Look how that works. <laughs> that was a nice little tie back there. <laughs> Ta-da! Um, so that's that's the example of that kind of second uh, that second one. Um, and then the third one is where you have um, the the there's a need pulling stronger in another direction now. There is a very, very obvious example from a client of mine um, that I had a few years back. Um, And it was very interesting client experience, actually, because she came to me. She'd been working in corporate for a very long time. She'd left corporate like two years earlier. She wanted to do something more fulfilling around sustainability. And um, she decided that she we we met through a mutual friend at a um um actually at their place and had a couple of conversations and I didn't I didn't realize that she was even interested in working with me she just contacted me and said oh I think I might be interested in having a discovery session I'm like sure like by all means and we got into the discovery session and she, I said well what what exactly are you looking for from me because that's one of the questions I asked like how are you hoping I was going to help you and she said well I basically I'm in this situation where I've got these two projects and I cannot make my mind up between the two projects I need your help to make a decision between the two projects and then um, accountability with taking action because I've been out of the corporate industry for two years and I've really not t- made much progress or taken much action in that time I was like okay so she then describes to me what the two projects were and at this point, I probably started smiling. Um, and she sort of said, what? I said, um, I hate to break it to you, but where you are now, from where you are currently, you are never going to make a decision between those two projects. You're never going to be able to make a decision between those two projects, at least not one that's going to stick. And she went, okay, why? And I said, right, well, this project over here meets this, 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 and this need. And that project over here meets that, 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 and that need. The problem is, without another way to get those needs met, you're never going to let go of either, either project. Because the project is the, uh, the, the, the hanging on to the project is the, the thing that is keeping the potential of getting those needs met. What I actually suggest we do, which is what not what she was coming to me for, was that we actually take you through the needs program. And what we do is we get you meeting your own needs so we can take the needs out of the equation, that the unmet needs are not pulling the strings and making the subconscious decision for you about this, that, this, that, this, that, back in, bouncing back and forth between the two. Do you want to jump in? Like mm-hmm. I feel like I was, I thought, I thought there was a, a little... Uh, uh, there's something there's something coming to the surface I have my foot down I'm on a swivel chair sorry <laughs> it's okay I usually keep my feet up because I 
if you can see me on the video, it's ever so slight. But. <laughs> so what I said was, uh, what my suggestion is, is that we take the needs out of the equation by teaching you how to meet all of the needs. And at that point, it won't be the unmet needs that are making the decision. You'll be making a decision about what you want that is based on a foundation of having your needs already met. So you don't need these projects to meet the needs, that those needs are already met and you can then move in the direction of the project that you really want to do. So um, she went through the program, took her through the program and um, got to the end of the program. And I said, well, why don't we do, uh, why don't we have a, a session where we review basically the reason you came to us? Because I thought that there was, um, I'm like, let's go back to what the two projects are, help you make the decision, help you keep you accountable, taking action. Um, she said, okay, no problem. So um, we got on the call and um, and she said to me, I don't know what we're going to talk about today. And I was like, what do you mean we don't know what we're going to talk about today? We're going to talk about the two projects and help you make the decision between the projects and help you keep accountable in terms of taking action. She went, yeah, I don't really need that anymore. And I was like, okay, interesting, tell me more. And um, she said, basically, having gone through the needs program, it was really obvious, like no longer did she feel torn between the two. There was one clear option that she really wanted to get involved in. She didn't need the other one anymore because she'd had another way of getting those needs met. She said, I've taken more action in the last two months since I've started working with you than I have in the last two years. And that was a perfect example of where it looked like procrastination that she wasn't actually making progress. But it's actually that her needs were pulling her, subconsciously pulling her in a different direction without her even realizing it. Consciously, it's like, what's going on? Like, I just need to make a decision and take action. Like, I know what I need to do. Let's just get on and do it. The reality was, is that the conscious mind and what the consciousness is aware of regarding needs versus what the subconscious is aware of from a needs perspective, there is so much of, of our and needs behaviors that is driven by our subconscious, i.e. we are not aware of the fact that it is happening. And it's only when we sort of bring these things into the light and I kind of point that out to you and go, uh, I think this is what's happening. They're like, oh my God, you're right. Now what? <laughs> and I'm like, okay, here's how we go about navigating this. And we get the needs on board. We get the needs to be our allies in making the decisions and making taking the action that we want. But the key thing is, is that we must make sure that we're doing it in alignment with our capacity. We must make sure that we're aware of where there might be fears of our needs being compromised. How can we underpin those needs? What can we do to make sure that even if they are compromised in some ways that we have the means and the intention and the action to then meet those needs at the point at which they might become compromised and that we are aware of what needs are actually pulling us in which direction at any point in time to make sure that we can, as I said, get them aligned in the direction that we actually want to move things in. And if our needs are not aligned in the direction that we want to work things in, then maybe the way that we want to move things in is not the right direction for where we are right here, right now. Because quite often it's like, oh, I really want to do this. If your needs are pulling you in another direction, it's because there's something else that you need. And it's okay to make you take, maybe take a step back to take care of the other thing and then maybe circle back to that thing in the future. It's not, it's like a, this is never going to work for you. It may just be that for where you're at right here, right now, that that's not the path that's actually the one that is going to be most supportive to you and your needs. So I know this is something that we have both experienced a lot, a lot. in our lives. Yeah. And I had no idea until I started doing the needs work what what the fuck was going on. Mm -hmm. Or that inner that inner struggle, like you, you mm. mentioned it a few times, where it's like, I know what I'm 
meant to be doing. Mm-hmm. And I mean, I even use that term loosely now because what I thought I was meant to be doing had a lot of times wasn't even close to what I was meant to be doing. Like, you mean you didn't realize you were meant to be hanging out with me, recording a podcast about needs and swearing a lot? Not. <laughs> No, and it actually took me a long time to get to this point right. where I was full-time here because of the procrastination. Actually, you know what? That's a really good example for you is the leaving your last position. Mm-hmm. Like That was a perfect example of procrastination where it showed up in your life. Yeah, and it the procrastination and not... I can obviously... I know what my needs are. I can meet them, but what were the little things that I wasn't... Like the little strings that were pulling that I'm like, oh, that's not a big deal... But because it was my needs under the needs that I was focusing on, it was. And one of that was finances. Mm-hmm. Like, okay, I have this job. I you know, I feel grounded where I'm at in my security with my job and all the layers that um, fall into security with that. And it's like, am I going to... Leave that security. Leave that security. And to I run was, my own business, which is not the most secure thing by comparison. Right. And anyone who's run their own business will tell you that. Ex- yeah, it, it, it's it was <laughs> it's scary. True. And yeah. it was the fear of my needs not being met. And it, this was all in my head because I've already I meet my needs. So mm-hmm. I knew that I was secure. It, but it was attaching to that. Sometimes it's attaching to the feeling of like, OK, why is this? And it took a conversation with Claire and um, a coach that mm-hmm. we work with to be like, do you hear yourself? And it's like, well, and the interesting thing was, is that it was because we get so focused. Like, and this is one of the, the the challenges sometimes when you're aware of your needs is you can get very focused on how something is meeting your needs. But unless you're doing the work to see what else is going on under the surface, like we talk about nuance all the time. There are so many layers and so much nuance when it comes to needs. Is that you can be like, oh, I'm doing this because it meets this need. But unless you've actually uncovered, okay, what is doing that costing your needs? Mm -hmm. And it's the costing (laughs) of the needs, which, and it was actually, that was the conversation where I had the conversation with Serena and I'm like, okay, I get that you're doing this to meet this need. I understand that. And there's a fear that this need won't be met if you choose to stop working there and come full time and run your own business. I know that I've, I've run my own business for many years now. I know how that feels. And... Let's now look at what needs are being compromised by staying in the current situation that you are in. And we went through them and it was like this and this and this and this and this and this and this. And then I remember you being like, oh, crap, I did not know. Like, because it's subconscious Mm -hmm. and we have to kind of take that that awareness bring that to the light and look at okay so what is that and that's why that's why the 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 process of working with us can be so powerful for people because we ask the questions that help bring those things to the light so it's like what so I mean one of the one of the questions I often ask clients like what um if you're they're procrastinating about procrastinating about something is that I will ask them okay what will um what does doing that what is procrastinating about that that give you what does stopping procrastinating cost you? So what does not doing that thing give you? What would doing that thing cost you? And all of a sudden, different answers start, come, start coming up. The subconscious knows. Mm-hmm. And as soon as you ask the conscious mind, it ping, there the answer comes up. And it's like, 
uh, I didn't know that was going on. <laughs> and sometimes huh. it's not like an all or nothing thing. For right. me, I mean, my most of my friends, my good friends know. Like, it took me a while. They're like, oh, you're finally done. That took like a year. And I'm like, yeah, and a half. But I did it in a way that I was able to kind of counterbalance by doing a little bit here. It's like, well, this still serves me and I still believe this. Mm-hmm. Okay, but this is compromising these needs. All right, well, what if it looks like this? Yeah. And then what if it looks like this? And what if it looks like this? And it became a natural progression of me, natural progression for me to move in a way that felt in alignment with myself, with mm-hmm. where my where I wanted to be. And it was no longer, it was little steps. It was baby steps. But I didn't feel like I was held into that procrastination, right. like kind of stronghold. Because it's like, okay, well, I'm still here. But this, I'm not compromising these needs anymore. And these needs are being yeah. met. But I do still see like here, eh, it's it's progress that's basically progress is the antidote to procrastination like you don't have to have i think a lot of people think procrastination like i have to go from one extreme to the other mm-hmm. i'm it not has doing to be done or not done yeah i'd say either i'm not doing it at all or i'm doing it all 100 percent. Mm-hmm. and actually sometimes the thought of that is overwhelming especially if there is a fear that doing that thing will cost or compromise some of your needs like that's scary because that then compromises our security needs of like ah but if I do this, I don't know. I'm like, and because our security need is lower on the tree, mm-hmm. that's affecting everything above it. Absolutely, and it's the it's going to have the most profound impact on you. Um, it'll have the most influence because it's so low on the tree. Um, so we have that point where it's like, oh my goodness, if I go like from from not doing anything to doing everything, a hundred percent. All of a sudden, it's like, oh, God, that doesn't feel safe or scary anyway. So actually, the best path through from procrastination is progress and recognizing that any progress is progress. Any progress is better than procrastination. So just even tiny steps forward, even baby steps forward. Yes, it took Serena 18 months to finally transition out of that role. But she took, she was making progress each step of the way. And the, the points at which the procrastination kind of kicked in again was the point where she was no longer making progress. She hit a wall in terms of that progress. The procrastination hit in and that was when we had the conversation that then had her starting to make progress again. And it didn't happen in the way that she thought it was going to. It didn't happen in the time frame that she thought it was going to. It didn't happen in the, the path that she thought it was going to. But what happened was, progress started again and as soon as progress started that eased the procrastination but also because it was gradual it wasn't this like flip on and off Mm -hmm. thing it wasn't jar I mean even if I had done it like if I was if I had gone from all to nothing or vice versa I don't know which (laughs) like what end of the spectrum lies on what yes um that would have been jarring that would have been jarring to my being right they in some there are some instances where that's necessary most instances, like Claire said, it's the progression. It's yeah. that the one foot in front of the other. And maybe you get there in the in the same period, one foot in front of the other. But if not, like, mm-hmm. we often hold on to that in ourselves. And, like, it's like, oh, well, I'm not doing enough. I'm not doing good enough. And then we, we get into that negative self-talk dialogue. Right. Of, well, and that's why it's so important to focus on the progress. Because if if the situation previously had been procrastination, as in nothing moving forward, anything moving forward is progress. Mm-hmm. 
And by acknowledging that and taking that step forward, what we do is we support ourselves in taking another step. And that step may be, it may be that what we've done is we've taken a step forward with one foot and the next step is bringing another foot up to close. Now, actually, we haven't moved forward, but we have made progress because both of our feet are now on that further step. So if you're looking on the video, you can see what I'm talking about. Um, But that's the thing is that so often it's like, oh, like I've made progress step forward actually sometimes just settling into that new step forward is progress mm-hmm. because it felt scary last week but this week okay i'm here i'm good now i'm ready to take another step forward so it's like recognizing that the smaller that you can make the steps the easier it is going to be for you to make progress and so the more progress that you make the more likely you are to continue to take more steps and it's how we do it's how we approach the need stuff but it's how it, it it's actually a, a way that will help you to approach procrastination in any area of your life if you're taking a small step forward even if that small step forward is there's a there was a um a quote I want to say it's by Abraham Lincoln. I might be wrong, um, but it was. Uh, it's if um, somebody gives me four hours to chop down a tree, I'll spend the first two hours or three hours sharpening the axe. I can't remember what the exact numbers it are, um, but it's like sometimes. For example, progress looks like rest. If you don't have the capacity to make progress, that's why you're procrastinating. Resting is progress because it's building the resources for you to then do the thing that you want to make progress on. I mean, you can't run from an empty tank. Well, you could run. You couldn't drive from an empty tank. (laughs) With an empty tank, all you got to do is run. Right, exactly. It's like, that's when I meander down the road, like shoulders slumped forward. Oh, crap. Where's the gas canister? Um, Eeyore. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. But it's like, that's the thing is that that you, the, the, until you put something in the tank, you can't make progress. So it's like, if I want to go and if I want to drive a couple of weeks from now, I'm going to be driving up the keys. If I've got an empty tank and I just really focus on driving up the keys, I'm not going to get very far. Mm-mm. Filling the tank is part of the progress. If I don't fill the tank, I can't complete the drive. And the same is true. Like it's so important for us to look at rest as being taking progress towards being resourced for the things that we want to do in our lives and i'm saying that obviously it's important to recognize that if we are using it as a form of avoidance or as a way of distracting ourselves that's a different thing entirely but so frequently we resist doing the thing that we need most which is to rest and replenish our resources because we're focused on the thing we want to do and if we would just take that time to replenish our resources first, that thing we want to do would be far quicker, easier, and more effective. Or more effectively done. Agreed. Anything you want to add before we finish for today? Standard answer. I'm good. <laughs> Except so with a British accent today. <laughs> yeah, I'd try to do that, but I'm not going to. Yeah, gonna, don't not, do that. I'm not going to do don't that. Don't do that. <laughs> It normally doesn't end well in my no. experience in this country. <laughs> yeah. Um, 
Let's we can we can procrastinate the the accent. Yeah, we, I'm good with that. I'm good with that. Okay, well, as I said, this came from a question from one of our listeners. So if you have something you would like to ask about, if you are something have something you're struggling with, if you've got a question, uh, please do send it in to us either via the website or via social media. Um, we're on Facebook, on Twitter, LinkedIn. Um, um, I was about to say Pinterest. That's not the one I meant. Instagram was the other one. Um, contact us via any of those means. Um, and let us know what you'd like us to do more um, podcasts about. And we will add them to our list to record. Um, but in the meantime, thank you for listening. Thank you for being here. Oh, oh, oh. Do we have something to add? We do have something to add. When woo, I do woo. it, I make sure that I'm interrupting something, apparently. Oh, awesome. <laughs> I'll take it. Um, also, I want to say, like, we love, you know, doing podcasts on new things. If we've done a podcast on something and you want us to expand more, yes. or if there's something specific, you're like, ooh, this this hit me here, and, like, we're we're all about the ands. Like, we'll, oh, yeah. go, we'll go deeper, we'll go further, so don't mm-hmm. think because, oh, well, they've already done one on procrastination, I'm not going to ask them again. Ask us, right? Please, please. And what is like the specific thing? Because it may be that we've done an entire podcast and it's like, there was this thing you mentioned about like three minutes in where you talked about this and I, that didn't really make sense to me. Could you explain that a little bit more? Any of that kind of stuff. Absolutely. I agree. That's how our self first series came about mm-hmm. is because somebody's like, oh, and this and this and this. And we're like, yes. Okay. <laughs> All of yes. those things. We'll, <laughs> we'll add that to the mix too. All right. Well, thank you. Anything more? No, 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 no I'm good. Now I'm good. Now I'm good. All right. Thank you so much for watching. Uh, thank you so much for listening. Um, remember to stay safe, continue to meet your needs. And between now and next time, we're sending you love. Bye. Bye, friends. That's it for today. If you like what you heard, please subscribe, rate, and give us a written review. As it will help more people find us. And remember, when you notice yourself procrastinating, take a pause and listen to what your unmet needs have to say. Well, shit. It really is that simple.